0: Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso. I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Thanks for jumping on board with us today. Excited for it. Um, We all know that from news and comedians, friends, advertisements, it seems like everyone has an idea of how we should think, what we should think, how to make decisions. And it seems like even the experts are all convincing, but they disagree. How do we cut through the noise? Well, with the information overload and it leaves us frustrated, how do we sift through it all and choose what governs our lives? Well, our leadership here at Grace has been processing and praying about these things. We want to offer a resource to navigate some of today's most pressing topics and questions. And that leads us to today. Jeff? Yes. How are you? I am here, how are you? I'm good, this is the Jeff Bogue, mixed messages (laughs) with Jeff Bogue, this is him. In the flesh. In the flesh, in your ear. Uh, So um, I'm excited for today's topic. It's not, um, you're not gonna read about this one, Jeff, too much in the news headlines right now. It's not necessarily something that's buzzing around conversationally. Yeah. But we're learning and we've been experiencing that this has very much been an issue this year, it seems where i think a lot of folks are asking in all of this chaos <laughs> their marriage is struggling. Yeah. Uh lots of people have been doing that. Uh, i think a lot of us have been praying about it. Now, um before if you're sitting here listening and you're single or dating, don't don't touch your buttons, don't 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 tune this out. This is a big deal because if you're dating, right? Like this is this is the conversations that help you start to f- figure out how you eventually want to be married. And if you're single, you might learn something. Yeah, well, and there you go.
1: And, and I tell you that, that, so marriage principles anyways are loving your neighbor principles. They apply to anybody, so it doesn't even matter. But I'll Absolutely. say this specifically uh, to those of you who are dating or uh, want to be, uh, mar- divorce is up 33% right now. Most of divorce that has gone up through the coronavirus is uh, in couples who've been married less than two years. So uh, foundations are huge, right? And so the foundation that you set in your dating relationship, even the foundation that you set as a single person, Mm -hmm. uh, you will attract who you are. And so uh, being a man, a woman of God, uh, finding your security in Christ more than your spouse. There's a quote, I forget who says it now, uh, but uh, somebody says, it's not my quote, somebody said, emotionally unhealthy single people just become emotionally unhealthy married people yep. right and so really uh, having that anchorage in Christ identity in Christ is what leads you to uh, a healthy dating relationship healthy marriage all the rest so it really does apply to everybody
0: yep absolutely plus
1: and if you turn this off Joe and I will show up at your house personally <laughs> <laughs> and let's just say that's going to be awkward
0: that's going to be awkward that's <laughs> all I got to say Yeah, and uh, along those lines, not only are these conversations helpful for me in my context, my marriage, even as I navigate friends, family that are going through these things, they're not always listening with an ear towards Christ. And so being able to help point them along can be very helpful as well. But especially if you are married. Yes. We're glad you're tuning in. Now, Jeff, in general... I think that there's almost a Sunday school answer to a lot of these marriage struggles, you know, where it's like, well, it's just more Jesus. Um, (laughs) But Jeff, why might that be someone's quick response? Like,
1: What is it in general that's plaguing these struggling marriages? So the Bible says that whenever there's division between people, it's because we have desires that are going unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. I want something, you want something. It's not the same thing. There's division. And that's definitely the case in marriage, right? So you think everything from whether you're fighting over the color of the new couch uh, to how we parent kids to whether you're fulfilling my, my needs emotionally, sexually, all the rest, that's that where that division is going to come in there. And so uh, a little bit more Jesus depends on what you mean by that, uh-huh. right? If you mean throw some verses on it and, right. and uh, get a tattoo, um, that's not going to quite do it. Even going to church more, uh, you can sit in church and ignore what God has to say all you want. It's not going to help your marriage. But looking and saying what we were talking about earlier, my life is founded and fulfilled by Christ. And when two people are individually founded and fulfilled by Christ, now they have the ability to love and interact with each other because they, they are secure and God's love and interaction with them. So it, it's got to be the foundation. This Is where you can plug it. You plug it into friendships, marriage, parenting, your relationship at work. It does. It doesn't matter. It's it's relationships mm-hmm. uh, that are all going to be founded on these principles.
0: Yeah. And Jeff, it seems like as we talk with folks, and again, we've even talked with each other about our marriages. There's something about these relationships that want to creep their way into the most important thing in our life. And why is that something that's detrimental? That I would see my spouse as the most important thing, or the most important relationship that I have.
1: Yeah. Any anything or buddy who is the most important priority in your life other than Christ is an idol. And so uh, it it can be Heidi, my wife. It can be money. It could be power. It could be influence. It could be acceptance. It could be whatever. You sure. know, just fill in your blank. Anything that takes more of my time, more of my attention, more of my passion, is on my mind the more and the most other than Christ is an idol. And the problem with that is that whenever I ask an idol to be God, it's going to fail me, right? So if I look at Heidi and I look at her and say, you're supposed to be my soulmate, which is an interesting Uh uh, term that we use, but you're to be my soulmate. Well, the problem with Heidi is that is that she cannot satisfy my soul, right? Right. So she cannot love me unconditionally. She cannot love me perfectly. She cannot accept me uh, unconditionally and perfectly because she is a human being. She is a sinner. And so she has those needs in her own life. So what I'm asking for her, she's asking back from me. And if, if I'm not allowing Christ to meet those things in my life, uh, then we'll never go anywhere there there's a um there's an interesting uh statistic that's out uh, i learned this a few years ago that when a when there's a married couple and they lose a child so oh. a child dies in that relationship uh, the divorce rate in that couple is over 90 percent wow and wow. and why why do you, why do you think what would you say <laughs> I, I got Joe in the middle of a drink of water there, so that was perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I had not heard that before. I would say probably because they hoped, and I don't want to make light of this, but at least a side of them hoped that the child would be a solution to something missing in their life.
1: Yeah. So they so they they have these individual needs, and the the idea that we're going to rally around a child. Now that rallying point's gone, and that rally points gone and then i'm in total pain there there is no deeper wound than losing a child no. so i'm in total pain she's in total pain i need her to comfort me and she needs me to comfort her and we do not have the ability to do that for each other yeah right and so we what happens that that inability turns into a blame, an accusation, and accusation, and it can just spin out of control. And that is the worst case scenario. Well, bring that into acceptance. Uh, I need my wife to, I have needs in my life. I have dad issues in my life. And I my wife has to be proud of everything that I do. She has to be my cheerleader. She has to think I'm amazing. She has to now to look at a wife and she's working full time, maybe there's a couple of kids at home, she's barely notices that I'm out of the house. <laughs> so that's gonna generate bitterness. And then you just flip the coin and put in you know, a, a different set of illustrations. So this idea that we can satisfy each other on the deepest longings, um, you can go to a big example like losing a child where those longings are gonna be very, very exposed. For most people, those longings uh, are exposed over time. That's why we'll say things like, I don't know, we just fell out of love, we just grew apart. Well, what we mean by that is, I came into this marriage so you could help me. Right. But the problem is, you did the same thing. And the only person that can really satisfy and really help in that is is Christ. And that's where I get a bandwidth and an ability then to give my life away. So it's, it's, it's not throw a little bit more Jesus on it, but it is kind of a pragmatic answer. You know, it's you seek first the kingdom of God, and then these other things are added unto it. You don't add the kingdom of God to these other things. Right. That math will never play out. Yep,
0: I I love that Matthew six thirty three, which is what you're alluding to there with the kingdom of God being added to seeking him first. I love that verse. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second because I'm going to ask you, so how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to pause here. and it, So, again, if you're single, you're dating, you can start to hear a little bit of like, oh, like I I can't put this person or my hopeful person on that pedestal yeah. or I'm probably going to find myself in big trouble.
1: Yeah, if, if you have the mindset that if she ever breaks up with me, I can't go on, you – Almost are guaranteed to have a bad marriage. Sure. Um, if you cannot sustain long term friendships, uh, if you will not pursue healing and forgiveness in your own immediate family, uh-huh. see, all that's going to translate. In fact, it it does more than translate; it amplifies uh-huh. into into a marriage relationship. It gets worse. Yep. Right. So the the most loving thing that you can do. Is center yourself on Christ. Allow Christ to bring help and healing even into your own life before you lock your life into another person's life. Yeah. Right. Um, because it, it the romance the romance will fade. Yep. Um, by the way, it can it it can be threaded through and it can be enhanced, but you don't live in happy romantic land every day. You no. know diaper needs change, grass needs mode kind of a thing. Like that's part of of the journey. Um, but you have to be at the place. And yeah. so th- this is what happens when marriages get in trouble. Uh, you get it, I get it all the time. People wind up in my office and are like, fix them. <laughs> right. And oftentimes I'm like, they're not in my office. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk to the person who's in front of me uh, you never start with them you you start with you there are of course uh, gross exceptions to the rules uh-huh. abusive relationships, addictions, etc but we're talking kind of down the road middle marriage stuff here yep um, it's me and it's me and Jesus first yep
0: so good well Jeff uh you were wonderfully hinting at this fact that we need to kind of seek God first, put him forefront. We can't have an idol before him. That sounds really good, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of folks are saying, hey, my marriage is crumbling or I'm I'm really struggling. A lot of times they're asking, well, how on earth do I even do that? Like I can wake up in the morning and say God's first, but what do I do, Jeff? Like how do I actually put that into practice?
1: Yeah, I, I so I would kind of break this probably uh, a little bit into – husbands and wives, and I'd probably um, think about it down that path. So I think the clearest directives, I'll start with husbands and then we'll go to wives. The clearest directive to husbands is that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And so that is with a sacrifice, that is with a, a fervor, that is with a selflessness, that as a husband my job is to die to myself and give the best of myself um, uh, to my wife. What I see happen a lot of times with husbands is they want to be boys, they don't want to be men. Right. And so they operate out of an immaturity and out of an insecurity. One of my favorite passages is 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, which says, be careful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Hmm. And so act like men is not act macho that's a perversion of, of manliness uh, act like men is be sacrificial carry the weight carry the burden um and and uh, serve in those ways i was just talking to a friend who uh travels for a living and he said and his wife works also and he says it's so hard when he comes home because when he comes home his wife wants to tap out they have you know a couple of kids he wants she wants to tap out he's like i just got done working too and now i have to watch the kids and she's like i've been home alone with the kids now you have to watch the kids and we were talking about that he's like what do you think i should do i said i think you should get over it and watch the kids (laughs) like you have an opportunity to pick up a a bigger weight Uh uh, to serve her to love her and uh, when my kids were little, I traveled quite a bit, and, and that was a struggle for me because I want to get out of the pressure and be home. Well, the pressure kind of starts at home uh, when the kids are li- kids are real labor intensive when they're, <laughs> when, they're, when, they're, little, when yeah. they're little, right? So I had to, I would pull in my driveway, I would stop, I would pray, I would ask the Lord to give me joy and strength, yeah. right? Because everybody's looking forward to me being home except for me. right. <laughs> And yep. then I would walk in and kind of immediately hit the ground and try to help Heidi and, and, and all the rest. I told him, I said, if you wanna know what it's like, you stay at home for four or five days with your kids by yourself, right? So she's ready for a tap out. But that's that idea of being strong. And so I, I would say be strong, be, be, be secure. Uh-huh. Be secure enough to receive your wife's input as wisdom, not a challenge. Yep. Like take that. Um, Allow her to um, allow her faithfulness to be read as love. So, if you have a a wife who's staying at home with the kids, or she's working, and instead of looking at that as separation from the family, you look at that as love and investment in the family. Be attracted to it, and then be strong enough to lead. Uh You know. Especially spiritually, many many families the the wife is the spiritual leader, and that is a surrendering of our masculinity. And uh, a spiritual leader is not a spiritual controller; mm-hmm. they're a spiritual example, right? So if your wife's dragging your sorry rear end out of bed to go to church, you're she's not going to respect you right. the same way. Uh, if she's always the one saying, don't cuss around the kids, it, that kind of, that's nonsense, gentlemen. It's nonsense. And you need to be men. You need yep. to man up, right? And, and, you, and you need to do that. Praying with your wife, investing in her spiritually, investing in yourself spiritually so that you have something to give her. Um, I think that's, that's all that idea of dying to yourself. Your wife should never be um, uh, nagging you for help or begging you for help, you should be offering that Mm -hmm. uh, from the get-go. And I know it's hard. Yep. You know, I know it's hard, but it's the thing.
0: There's always been a a phrase that has always driven me crazy, and and you talk about it. And I'm so glad somebody taught this to me before I became a father, because I I can see where this mentality would uh, clip in, but they said, you are never going home to babysit your kids. Right. You're their father. Yeah. Like just as much as she's their mother you're their father and so this isn't your turn to do child care it's your turn to invest in the kids and pour into the kids and engage like and the same thing with your marriage like you're not just going home to appease your wife
1: or i guess this is the one i'm stuck
0: with like you're going home like you said to invest yourself into your wife
1: yeah if you're if you're checking out at home you're not being a man right you so know you, you you check it your real life's occupation Starts the minute that your wife and your, and if you have children, they walk in the room. Everybody else is gonna step over your dead body and replace you. Yeah. You you won't you won't be dead a week before they have your position filled at work. Yep. Right. So the only people that are truly devastated by losing you is your wife and your children, and so you got to remember that. Like you got to keep it in perspective. Even mm-hmm. even here, you know, we're both in ministry. I keep that in perspective here at the church. Yep. You know, if I, if I have a heart attack from stress, I'm pretty sure we'll keep the doors of the church open, <laughs> you know? We will. But my, <laughs> but my, my children, my wife's yeah. life is forever altered. And so, um, but it's a discipline. And this idea that I'm, I'm 25, 30 years old, I'm up half the night playing video games, I'm out drinking with my buddy, that's, that's children. That's not men. And then complaining that she doesn't respect me. Well, give her something to respect. Yeah, you know, I'm just shooting straight with you guys. I'm not. I'm not trying to chew everybody out. But I'm like, come on. Yep. I mean, that, that's that's the way that it works. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you have to earn that place in your in your wife's life. She doesn't think your uh, slothfulness is cute anymore. Right. It used to be you were so laid back. Now you're just a slacker. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know, and and she needs help. Uh-huh. Uh, managing life in in the family.
0: And those are those things that are uh, adjust. I I was talking with a guy, he was like, how is it possible? He was really struggling with some insecurities. He says, how is it possible that my wife would still want to be around me? Like, you know, I'm I'm not as thin as I used to be. I don't have as much hair as I used to be. And I'm not just talking about myself as Joe Caruso, (laughs) but it's just like, you know, all these different factors, like how would she want to be around me? And um, my quick counsel was because you've become a man. Yeah. Like she sees the responsibility, the investment, these things that you're pouring into for her and the family and the direction you're like that is what has become even more attractive and more bonding than anything that you could have ever flashed before.
1: And it and on the on this side of it, guys, it sounds like a bunch of work and a to do list and like you just left the locker room and the coach yelled at you. What I'm telling you is if you will adopt this mindset of leadership you will have a happy healthy sexy marriage like like it your uh, puppies don't stay cute right right and if they're not housebroken then they're just kind of gross right right <laughs> and and so that that's the thing it's okay it's okay that you and your your wife mature together yep. that's okay yep it's not okay that she outpaces you yeah you know, and you That's need to really you need to be there side by side with her.
0: That's really really good.
1: Well, marriage involves two people. Oh well, that explains a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, going to the scriptures here, going from the counsel that we've seen happen in a couple, Jeff, what what's some godly uh, positioning, some godly advice uh, that we can give for wives? So
1: I I, I think a. You know, that same passage in Ephesians chapter 5 that says husbands, uh, 4 and 5, husbands, you know, uh, give yourself to your wife as Christ did the church, says that wives are to give themselves to their husbands as the church does to Christ. And it uses the word submission in there. Submission is not a gender-specific term. Uh-huh. So actually, the beginning of that passage says submit to one another out of, out of uh, love and out of respect for Christ. Uh-huh. So... Uh, I'm going to use that term because the Bible does, but that term has been given a bad rap uh, because uh, the church has used it in an abusive way, and people use it in an abusive way. Submission just means this. It means to give the best of yourself. So 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2 says this. Wives, in the same way, submit yourself, or wives, in the same way, give the best of yourself to your own husbands so that any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and the reverence of their lives. And so um, that term is not simple followership. That term is not the uh, advocating or the abolishment of your rights or your voice or anything. It doesn't mean anything like that remotely. What it means is this, ladies, if I could sum it up for you men marry their cheerleaders. Huh. And when you quit cheering for them, they quit making touchdowns for you. Huh. And, and it's the way that we're wired. Uh, that's why they'll start making touchdowns at work. You know, they will, whoever is cheering for us is who we will perform for. And it's not because we're stupid men, it's because God created us that way, and he wired us that way. And that's why it's even important that uh, men, the the deepest wound a man can have is usually a father wound, where uh, our dads may not have cheered for us or told us they were proud of us. And we'll translate that over to our relationship with God. We'll forget that God cheers for us, right? So ladies, you have the opportunity to be a cheerleader for your husbands, and you you get to be God's voice in cheering for them. And that's what submission, a lot of that is. It's looking and saying uh, achievement means a lot to my husband, I'm going to make it a deal in his life. Uh, that reassurance, you can do it, I'm with you, you know, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y, you know, that, that kind <laughs> of thing. Like, that, we do respond to that stuff, yep. you know. Uh, Heidi's always said, how come, uh, Men's teams have cheerleaders, but women's teams don't. <laughs> in in athletics, and I'm like, it's a really good question. I don't know all the reasons, but one of them is that women don't need it. They <laughs> like they they're, they're more internally motivated. They are, you know. Men are very externally motivated, and that's why a coach or a drill sergeant or whoever can can move us. So knowing that, I would say to to wives, if you could give the best of yourself to those kind of things, uh, men respond to it. Um, I'll give you some hints with it. If you will respect your your man's strength physically and emotionally. uh, When Heidi looks at me and says, I'm so proud that you stood up for that. Or I don't know how you do that, hmm. you know. It means a lot to me. Um, one time we were wrestling, we were playing, but we were wrestling, and I lifted her up and dropped her on the bed, and we were just goofing off. And, and she she go she goes, man, you're strong. But like I remember that that was like 20 years ago when yeah. I was strong, right? <laughs> right? Right. So like like I remember her saying that to me. Yep. And I know for many. Uh, wives that sounds funny but we remember when our coach patted us on the back we remember when somebody got up and unprompted said something positive about us Mm -hmm. Uh, we remember attaboys like we're really really wired for that and that's why we also remember that our dad never did yep see so when you do i'll give you a little secret ladies you will get much more mileage from your husband by praising him than nagging him. You nag him, he'll shut down because he he hears it all the time. Doesn't really care. We do have tune out switches. Uh-huh. You praise him, he'll work all day for you. Uh-huh. Right? We're a weird thing. So that's that submission is what that means by that. The other thing I, I wrote down was uh, when you respect your husband's provision. we're this is again, it's a God wiring. Um, we're different, even though most families, both spouses work, Mm -hmm. uh, there's something about honoring a husband's provision that means something to him. Even if you make more money than he does, and if you do, don't ever rub that in, (laughs) right? So, and by the way, husbands, if your wife makes more money than you, well done, (laughs) right? (laughs) right? So don't, don't be all jealous and insecure about that, but I'm just talking to wives right now. Like we're we feel good when we built the tree house, when we fixed the car, when we brought home the paycheck. Like there's a thing. It's just a thing. Yep. And when you give the best of yourself and celebrate that, that's it. And then the last thing I wrote down was empower his leadership. So some many couples, the, the wife is a better natural leader than the husband. It's no big deal. Like that happens all the time, it's just people, you uh-huh. know. Or, uh, or an equal leader. I, w- I would really put Heidi in that category. Sure. Uh, she's she's as good as a leader as I am. you know That's why she needs kind of her own thing to lead. you know so she runs our businesses. Um, but respecting your husband's leadership and empowering that and and speaking into not criticizing it, not putting it down, but speaking into it and allowing him to elevate, is a big part of what submission is. It's giving the best of yourself to them. Now, gentlemen, you have to be secure enough to receive that. If right. your wife's smarter in something than she just is, don't be dumb, take right. advantage of it, yep. you know? Listen to her. But, it, but it's those kind of things. And then, and then what happens, guys, is this, is you, when you set yourself up kind of in these paradigms, you're not competing, you're completing each other so you're serving one another you're not you're not fighting against and severing uh-huh. one another and that changes the dynamic of a marriage very very quickly um, in, a, in the COVID-19 era when a lot of husbands and wives are working from homes and their moms and dads so the kids are home being the first one the volunteer is a big deal you know there's a There's a, uh, I watch TikTok once in a while because my (laughs) kids make videos on it. I'm interested in it. I don't have an account, so don't try to, I'm not on there. I just see it. I look at theirs. But there's a a trend on social media right now where spouses are videotaping, giving their spouses permission to do their favorite thing. So like a wife will come in with a camera and, and the husband will be feeding the baby or whatever she'll say, hey, listen, why don't you go get your golf clubs and just be gone the rest of the day and have fun with your buddies? And you watch the, it's a shock, right? Uh Or the husband will come and do some version. Why don't you go to the spa with your girlfriends? I got it all set up. I got the kids the rest of the night. And I'm like, that's a cute little thing. And I'm like, that's a God kind of a thing. Uh Like that. that's a great, dumb little example of what we should be doing all the time. And ironically, you give your husband the proverbial golf date, how much more mileage are you going to get out of him? And you do that for your wife, how much more mileage? And it all feeds these cycles of health because we're loving each other and Uh serving each other as Christ does Uh us.
0: Now, Jeff, my guess is – that there's men out there, there's women out there they are listening to this, and they're kinda like scratching down notes, or they're like, wow, yeah, yeah, let's do that, and then they're either gonna get home in a couple of hours, or they're gonna wake up tomorrow morning, and something's gonna fly, and they're gonna feel like, I know Jeff said this, I just can't do that today. Like, where where do you find the strength to even continue this type of effort? Like, where does this, it's not just more willpower. right? Like, where does that, so where does that
1: come from? The Lord. uh, It has to come from Christ, and this has to be transformation. Um, I cannot serve Christ without Christ. So if I'm to serve Heidi, uh, if Heidi's to serve me as the church serves Christ, she can't do that without Christ, right? Um, I can't lay my life down on my own. Christ has to kill the old man in me, my sinful nature yep. right So I can't die to myself and serve the Church of the way of Christ and without Christ. So none of this can be done especially long term without Jesus. I think what you have to do guys or, or something that that's helpful is some simple little habits. I mentioned I still do this. Uh, I come home uh, generally every day. I put my truck in the garage, I pray before I get out of my truck. I just made mm-hmm. my habit. God put me in this moment right now, right? I did that because I would walk in and be grumpy. Sure. Mad at the kitchen, mad at the kids, mad at, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I, I, I asked the Lord one time, I still ask him this. I'm like, Lord, would you make me the best part of Heidi's day?
0: Hmm.
1: You know, no wonder she didn't look forward to seeing me. <laughs> you know, I was just a jerk. I was grumpy. I was shot. Now I work ten, twelve hours a day. Right? So I am tired. Uh-huh. So I need the joy of the Lord to be my strength. I mean uh-huh. the Holy Spirit is the same in a different way, right? And and ladies, if you're if you're uh, if if you work outside the home you could have a pattern like that or whatever your pattern happens to be, right? You you put that in your routine. Uh, set an alarm on your phone. Pray for your spouse. It's hard to be, it's really hard to be mad at people you pray for. It's so true. But it's the deliberate actions, yep. you know. Uh, something Heidi and I did we, eight years ago, we started taking a trip just the two of us without the kids, which was really hard to do when we had six kids. But we, that yearly little honeymoon has been revolutionary for our relationship and for us as parents and all the rest. It's those kind of things, those are just a couple little dumb things that sure. we do. But those kind of things where you look and say, I'm going to be deliberate, I'm going to be Christ focused, deliberate. Uh-huh. Not just date night, right? Because I start with me and Jesus and then it bleeds over into my relationship with my spouse. Um, but just decide like this is what I, this is what I want to do. And I tell you something, you, des- you decide that you're going to serve your spouse. And you pray about that, you'll be surprised how much energy you have to do it. Yep, and and how deeply they may feel loved, mm-hmm. even though they're zonked out on the couch because they finally passed out because you did the dishes that night. <laughs> right, right.
0: You're uh, reminding me of a very famous passage that a lot of I feel like a lot of athletes use. But so I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's not about shooting threes. Yep. That's not about bench presses. What it is? It's exactly what you're talking about. If you want to be able to do all these things, you're like, oh my gosh, if I had that in my life, if I had that kind of vision in my marriage, if I had that kind of relationship, well, if you stay close to Christ, He's the one that gives you the strength yeah. to do it.
1: That passage is actually about contentment. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a instead of uh, it's not God help me to lift 600 pounds. It's God help me to honor you when I fail to lift six hundred pounds. I can do all things. I can be godly when I fail. Yeah. So it's about contentment. We actually use it backwards. But but it's the if I feel like I can't engage, I can't forgive, I can't move past. Mm -hmm. That's when I pray. God, give me, give me strength. I can do all things in you. I I can do what I think I can't do because of my failures, not mm-hmm. because of my dreams and aspirations. That's
0: so good. Well, I hope that if you're married, I hope that this is something that is – Uh, Very helpful for you. I hope God's doing something in your mind and heart as we talk through all this. Of course, if you're dating someone or if you're hoping to someday, uh, I pray that this is kind of revolutionary for you too as you start to look at, okay, like Jesus, apparently you're the one that's going to give me the strength to do that. How can I take those deliberate steps? This is something that we want to resource you for as a church. If you need to jump into conversations, if you need pastoral help, uh, if you need to get into a group with some other couples and say, how do we figure this out in a godly way together? Uh, We have all those types of resources here, and we'd love to help you get plugged into those. And of course, as a part of our podcast, if you have other questions of things that you'd like us to address and dig into, especially where you feel like a bunch of mixed messages have been coming your way, you can always go to bath.gracechurches.org mixed messages, submit your questions there, and we would love to kind of dig into the scriptures and the heart and mind of God with you on those things. So feel free to jump into that. Join us on the weekend if you're here in town or online, and we would love to continue to help each other grow uh, vibrantly in our relationship with Christ. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks for being with us. Of all of you, of course, thanks for jumping in with us today. Uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to seek God's voice as we continue to navigate all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.